0: In our sheer, so I'd really love to hear who, who you are. Some of you already know. And even if you have been here for a while, it would be great if you would just say out your name loud and clear so we can get to know each other. And I'll start over here with you, please. How are you, Mrs. Diskin? Nice to see you. Okay. And please, Mrs. Wilcatch, please. Nice to see you, Mrs. Wilcatch. Okay. JT, nice to see you, Mrs. Nager. We skipped over you, Mrs. Spurling. No offense. <laughs> Mrs. Spurling, okay. Thank you. Okay. okay, let's come over here. Mrs. Steinberg, okay. Julie Klein. Julie, okay.
1: Kale Finkelstein.
0: Goldie. Nice to see you. Mrs. Wilner and Mrs. Brown, right? Right. Okay. Mrs. Schumann, yes. How are you? Did you see it, okay? Sandy. Yes, Sandy Parson with. Sandy I'm going to broadcast the name Sandy Parson, <laughs> and uh, hey, this is my mother, Mrs. Goldberger. Many of you have met before, but this, this is comes. my
2: sunny boy.
0: <laughs> That's me. So my mom sits right over here. There we go. Thank you. you can come right in here, mom. Okay. Thank you. I got it. Thanks, Debbie. Uh-huh. My mother recently moved in with us after 64 years in Denver. Oh. <laughs> now lives in nice Baltimore in our house. <laughs> Good to see you, man. Okay, please, Babaka Shah, we're on to you.
1: Thank you. Susan Wyckoff.
0: Okay, Susan Wyckoff, I've got your message. Thank you. Thanks. So you're all set. Okay. okay. Okay, and Babaka Naomi? Furman. Okay, Naomi Furman. Devorah Gelfand, nice to see you. What's your second name? Devorah Rivka. Devorah Rivka. Okay, good to see you. Okay, that was loud and clear. Okay, Jody Crane. Hey, come in. Welcome in, Thank you. Nice to see you, Charna. Hey, Mrs. Fellner. What's your first name again? Tova. Okay. Okay, Elka, you're on. Elka. Okay, welcome Dory Sarah Bernard sir. That's the teacher speaking. You could tell that, right? Nice <laughs> <laughs> to see you, Varda. Okay. Okay, Emma, you're the last one. <laughs> okay. There's a. There's a she just came in. There's a seat for you, right here, honey. Okay. Nice to see everybody, and I hope you're all doing well. Last week we began. Uh, hey, Rick. Hey, and that's page 72 and page 73. We're on page 73. Uh, the shear is dedicated, sponsored by Tanya Shipman in memory of her mother Esther Bat Mazal. And we're up to page 73, letter Dalit. And just before we go inside, uh, a couple of, of very important points that we learned that are, are basic to this. Um, Indian, when Hashem created the world, He used a process called Hishtal shulus. and Hishtal literally means to chain down, to chain down. There's a chain. The universe is really like, like a chain. The highest spiritual forces, the very first forces, the Ramchal calls them Kochos, they made them, and in a certain way, you could say that's where reality starts. It's the very top of the universe, the highest spiritual worlds, are olamoth. From there, they come down like links in a chain. And that's why it's called hishtalashalus. They come down level after level, millions and millions and millions of times, an infinite number of times, until finally the very bottom of the chain is our world, olam hazeh, the world that we live in, the physical reality. We are the only physical world. Even just one level above us, it's already spiritual. Everything above us is ruchnius. But the spiritual worlds, they also have an order. So the lowest spiritual world is much, much lower than the highest spiritual world. But nonetheless, we're the physical one, the very bottom of the chain. And the way it works when Hashem makes a decree is that that Gezerah starts at the top of the chain in those higher spiritual forces. Hashem makes a decree. And we'll see an example of that in this letter, Dalet. Then that decree comes down the chain and is manifested in our world. And the beings, or pekidim, appointed beings that Hashem made to carry this out are what we call malachim. Malachim carry that out. They take that Gezeira and they bring it down, 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 ultimately into our world. And that process is called Hishtal shalus. Just as an aside, because we, as people, have a goof and a neshama, when we do something down here in the physical world where we live, it travels up the chain. And therefore, we're able to affect reality. Because we have freedom of choice and we can do good or bad, consistent with Hashem's will or not, when we do, let's say, a mitzvah down here, that shakes the chain on our level, that reverberates all the way up, makes what's known as a tikkun, some type of beneficial repair for higher olamas. And as a result of what we did, Hashem then sends down something else. We're the only beings in all of reality who can send the message up? All messages come down. Hashem makes a decree, they come down from the higher worlds. An animal does something in our world, it doesn't do anything. They don't send any messages up, they don't have moral choice. So they're not sending any messages up. Only us, who are Ba'alei Bechira, we can do something here, it sends a message up the chain, it changes reality, and then Hashem makes a new decree accordingly. Those two movements that I mentioned to you, the Ramchal calls them tenuos, our movements. The one coming down is TVis, mukrachas; it's nature, what we call nature. The one going up is called bechiris, the freedom of choice, tenua. And they're all—they're both happening at all times, at every second of reality. There's always things going up and down; these changes—they're they're, chains—and they're shaping our world, they are shaping our universe. All right, so, that's the background that we have to have in order to go on to Letter Dollar. Yeah, Mrs. Frant, please. What
1: is a lower spiritual world versus a higher world?
0: So, the definition of that really is that Hashem's presence is less revealed in the, ho- in the lower worlds than in the higher world. And each time it comes down a ring in the chain, that means Hashem's presence is a little more hidden than it was in the world above it. And so. Also, not as, in, in not as great a state of revelation as a malach who's higher on that chain. The higher you go up, the greater the presence of the Shekhinah is perceived. And the most intense covering of the Shekhinah is our world, is the physical world. That's the strongest cover on Hashem's presence on His Shekhinah. Yes, please, Ms. Brown. Maybe this comes later, but... Yeah. Right, So the, the truth is that the Ramchal does not discuss that here, so we're not going to get to it later in this chapter. But the idea is that Hashem wanted what we would call a system of reality. Why he wanted it as opposed to something else, we don't know. That's, what, that's how Hashem created the world. He wanted a process and he wanted a system, so one thing affects the other thing. Now one way to look at it is that Hashem's revelation in and of itself is so bright that the physical world cannot handle a direct revelation, so it has to be gradually tempered. And each time you come down a level, that tempers the light until finally this world could be. So that, that is achieved through the course of this process. It's like putting a lampshade over a light bulb, that it tempers the light. So that has to occur. Occur. But you could always say, ask the question, yeah, but if Hashem didn't want that to occur, it wouldn't occur, and that would be true. So you always come down to this, this is Ratzon Hashem. This is how it works. The light is brought down, and it's made manageable and livable because it comes down. That's how Hashem made reality.
1: Well, otherwise,
0: we wouldn't have Bechira. We'd have no Bechira. We really couldn't exist at all, really. This, it would just be too bright to even, to, to even exist. Yeah, Gail, please. Are we recording? Yes, we're recording. Thank you. I'm <laughs> recording, Secretary, yes. Please, okay, yeah. Um, I'm trying to picture this.
1: And my like, problem oh, is is there one chain for the whole world that has many, many, many? Or is there one chain for every person? Since it's only people, and
0: the chains are all connected to people. Right. You, you could say it like this. The Balatanya uses this example. Uh, he uses the example of a rope. And he draws that on a pasuk, Yaakov chevel nachalotho. Now, literally, that means that Yaakov is the portion of Hashem's heritage. But the word chevel means a rope. So Yaakov chevel nachalotho. Yaakov is on this rope of Hashem's heritage. So if you have a rope... It's one rope, it's made up of many strands. So that's a good way to understand it. It's one chain, but within that chain are many individual strands Strands of that chain or, or of that rope. And each one of us represents a little strand in that rope. And the other follow up is that we're the only beings that can send messages out. Yes. Yes. That yeah. So yeah. It's, that chain does have that as well. That's always happening. That that Teva movement is always happening in order to sustain the world. So
2: like every blade of grass has its
0: little That's right. Now that, that blade of grass cannot send a message up, but, but it is receiving message down. Right. Yeah, Linda, please got a question. The Tefillah chain.
1: ...spread out from there. Yeah. The Shekhinah would connect to it on highest level. But the part where Hashem created our world to separate this world out is where the Shekhinah connects at the lowest level of Hashem, like the
0: most physical level, so to speak, of Hashem. The the Shekhinah is present on, on all levels. The Shekhinah runs all the way through... And it is either more revealed or less revealed. It's a little bit similar to what I was saying to Mrs. Fran, that the, um, the degree to which Hashem is revealed <coughs> determines the level of that world, and we call that the level to which the Shekhinah is revealed or resides. So that, that means God's presence, and that runs through everything. And the final destination of it is here in our world, which ultimately will receive a very full revelation of Hashem's presence, to be Mosah Mashiach. Okay, okay. Yeah, let me take one more. Mrs. Fan, please, yeah. sorry. No, it's fine.
1: Um, When it says by Mm Abraham Avim, the um, the way I learned it, he was the pipeline, and that fits exactly into...
0: Yes, yeah, he becomes the bracha, the source of the bracha, and also, I think it's possible to say as well, that that is a rem to this idea too, that a tzaddik down here can give a bracha, because when Hashem said to Avraham Avinu, "Veheyei bracha, you will be a bracha, the Chachavim say he gave Avraham Avinu the ability to give brachas to other people, and Avraham to Yitzchak, Yitzvak to Yaakov. So a bracha is that you are tapping into higher places, the tzaddik who is here, reaches up there into higher places and then sends the bracha down to us. So not only is he the vehicle through that, which that bracha uh, comes down, he can also, depending on his great level, bring down certain kinds of brachos from up there in Shemite. Okay, we'll go to Letter Dalet. V'hineh. Sam baruchu b'teva kol Hashem placed within the nature or you could even say the workings of each pakid, which means each malach, la'amod al-mishmarto, that it stands strong on its task, u'lakayen bi'gavura, and to sustain with great power ma'shenimthar biyado, the task that was given over to it, to that particular malach. So that means to say, and Elk was mentioning, as we know the chazal, a blade of, bla- of grass doesn't grow unless the Moloch taps it and says, "Grow." That, that's this idea that's got to come down. So does that Mallo get tired? No. Right, he's been doing this for 5,776 years, right. So I would get tired. <laughs> they don't get tired. Bored. They don't get tired. What's that? Or bored? Or bored. <laughs> or all the other things that distract our attention literally from one minute to the next, or that sap our strength from one minute to the next. It's not shayich tu malachim. So that's what he means, the bi bigvura. that they sustain their task with gevura. They're constantly doing this, carrying out their task in the world without any sense of interruption or interference or deterioration or fatigue. And the malach will not be moved aside from its task. Unless it's part of the very structure that Hashem made in the first place, that a malach has to step away from its task. So in our contemporary computer language, they're programmed. They're programmed to do certain things and they carry out to do certain things. And when the program where the system says step aside, it knows to step aside. So how does that happen? That's what the Ramchal is going to exp- explain. Derech Mashal. For example, fascinating example. Thar ilanos, You have a Malach, which is called a SAR, an officer. And this Malach is the Malach over all trees over all of the Ilanos in the world. He's watching over them, making sure that they're doing what they're supposed to do. Yishtadel, <speaking in Hebrew> it will put forth effort ve'yis amets, and be strong, l'hachazik <speaking in Hebrew> Ilanosav, to keep his trees strong and maintained and happening. That Malach is going to do that, the sarho Ilanos. V'ulam, however, bihiyos hagizera milafana v'isborach shema. When Hashem makes a decree... Yechazek sar haruach ruach es the malach of wind will then strengthen the ruach, the wind. Kephi mashah a alav, according to the decree that it is affected by. Ve'yidoche sar ha-ilanos and the malach of the tree is moved aside. Ve'yekru kephi and there will now be uprooted as a result of that heavenly occurrence, from amongst the trees, some of them will be uprooted and destroyed, through the power of the wind. So you look at a storm, right? you see a great storm, a hurricane, and you see that trees literally are uprooted and they're blown across the land and land somewhere, or they're knocked over. And then the tree that's over here, right next to it, that didn't happen. And the one next to it didn't happen. And the one over here, it's, it fell over. And the one over here got shot across into somebody else's yard. So this is all happening on a physical level. The wind blows and knocks the tree down. What the, what the Ramchal is saying, because of the principle that every physical thing has a spiritual counterpart, that that decree was issued on a spiritual level. And you have a malach over trees who is told basically by Hashem, you you will need to step aside when the Malach of Ruach has a decree that's stronger than you. And it does, because it follows Hashem's orders and it follows the order of the chain. So that's an example. And clearly not all the trees fall down, and that means within that Gezerah that only some of the Sar Ho'ilonos trees need to be knocked down, and not all of them hadrogo raba Upratius Rav, And there are, when it comes to these matters, many levels and many specifics. As you can imagine, right, so many different specifics in maintaining the universe, what stays alive, what doesn't stay alive, what gets moved, which malach overrides, which malach. Hateva Hagashmi, because you have some malachim who are in charge over the natural world, like what we do- just talked about, wind and trees. And they maintain all physical things according to their natural laws. So we know that there's natural law all around us. It governs the physical world. The malachim are maintaining that. And then on top of these malachim, higher than the malachim of maintaining the world of Teva, you have thorei gezeros ha Gamul. malachim who are particularly in charge, I mean that's, uh, uh, who are particularly in charge of gemul, which means a decree to reward or to punish, to give or take away a gezerah. So malachim of gemul, the ones who carry out or who may basically announce Hashem's decree, they're high up there, right? They will override the malachim of Teva <laughs> The malachim of, of Gemul, the malachim who are in charge of decrees carrying out God's decrees they give the orders and the malachim that are under them have to listen inyanim. <laughs> Gazeros, to make things happen according to the gazaira which was issued on high. The Kama Pratim Lapratim, and there are so many details and specifics. Kafi nifloos Sisre Hanhagoso Isporashimo, according to the wonders and the secrets of Hashem's guidance of the world. It's a very complex, very complicated. Hashem is overseeing this whole system and the malachim, each one in its place.
2: That's right,
0: this yeah, this The other what The was on that tree. that tree. Yeah. And that malach then knows that. The malach who is over Teva knows because the malach over him, the gemul malach, said to it, this tree, yes, that tree, no. And the malach teva has to carry that out. And of course, the decree is always coming from Hashem. Malachim don't do this independently. They're just carrying it out. Just before I get to a few more questions, I want to go a little... Viter, and he's going to take an, another deeper look at this now. Vulam, letter hey. Hu yisbarak Hashem, mashkif al hakol. God is looking out over all of these things. We always have to come back to that. Nothing here acts independently of Hashem. And we also saw last week that the word mashkif and hashkafa is that God issues decrees. b'tachtonim. The higher worlds, the lower worlds, shorashim the roots of reality, the branches and the extensions of reality down to our world. Now he's going to add a new concept, very important concept: tumid el hashlemus <laughs> haklali. Hashem always has in mind, and is always directing the world toward shlemus. So it's not just that there's a system which is operating and it's going and it could go this way and it can go that way. That's only true to an extent, based on our bechira that it can go this way or that way. But Hashem is overseeing the whole thing with a kavana, mechavein. Hashem has a kavana, tumid always, always, to the shleimus haklali, that this is moving the world towards shleimus. So every detail about which malach overrides which malach, and which one has to step aside and which tree falls and which one, which one does it, it's not only the way the world works, it's also part of where the world is heading to. And for some reason that we could never comprehend, the fact that this blade of grass is here and another one is over there, that's part of the divine plan, heading the world towards Shlemus. It's one little detail, one second, of the divine plan. And there are digger, bigger details and smaller ones. But the world is heading in that direction. And Hashem is always turning the world toward Shlemuth, no matter what. That's where it's headed. The And then this Shlemuth's direction of the world is divided up. And the way it's achieved is through different facets of the universe. (laughs) According to how they are made and prepared and developed, (laughs) these creatures, for whatever reason Hashem has in mind, they need to be moved aside. (laughs) And these creations now need to be brought in to the picture. These ones need to be purified. Ve'ele lanuach, and these ones can be set to rest. They can rest for a little while. Kol echad ma'sha lo, each one according to what is, is worthy of, of that particular malach or, or being, hakim klal habriya al hashlemus to maintain all of the b'riah in Ichlamus. So now we added this most important yesod here that this this is all part of Hashem's divine plan moving the world towards shalemus. Every single detail, every single facet of this system of Hishtal Shalus including human beings and freedom of choice which are bigger players in this system it's all part of Shalemus. So it's not just the world's going and God's running it. No, the world is going that way and that way means toward Mashiach. The shleimus of the world that he's talking about is Mashiach, Ketayamin, the revelation of Hashem's presence in the world. Bayom, ha'hu ya echad, ushmo, echad. That's a Nebuah, right? So that's, that's an emeth. That's where the world is going. And that's the only place it's going. It may have to go like this, you know, in order to get there, but that's where it's headed. Okay, now we'll take some questions about that. Please, Rabbi Sanya.
2: I think that to me, this is maybe the difference between um, what tikkun ha'olam means and social activism. Because it sounds like. Let's right. speak,
0: loud, speak louder, okay? I can't. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I have to repeat um, everything. The difference, <laughs> I'm,
2: just, it's, I'm thinking about the difference, possibly, between tikkun ha'olam as this is teaching us and what I understand as social activism, okay. which is that you're trying to affect the world directly in the way that you see the world needs to be fixed, as opposed to, we maybe have no idea how the world needs to be fixed, and it's, it's by doing what God wants that something is going up, and the way the world is fixed is that way, not because I directly fix the world, I directly do in this world what God wants as much as I can understand it and then that fixes the world directly from God himself right. not because I fix the world.
0: Right. And it's not arbitrary, right? It, it, tikkun Olam is not arbitrary. It, it works in a certain way based on Torah and mitzvot. So social activism some of it's good, some of it's not good depending on what's being done. You know, if it's consistent with this plan, then great. And if it's not, it has a mind of its own.
2: Right, but I think the mentality of it Mm -hmm. is that I directly know what needs to be fixed and how to fix it. Right. And it may or may not coincide with what we understand with what is MS.
0: Right. Thank you. Yeah, please.
2: Simple. (coughs) Excuse me. What is the exact, (coughs) pardon me, definition of the word
0: shlemus? All right, so shlemus means complete, whole. Sometimes you see it translated in English as perfected. That's not really a good word because the Ramchal says the only perfect being is God. So if we use Shlemus and apply it to Hashem, the word then means perfect. If it means the universe and people, it means complete and whole. Mm -hmm. Yeah, please, Elayna.
1: On the tree this point you 're going to die nature laws this tree will
2: die when this and this
0: happens it 's really both and it 's one of the very difficult things to understand so on the one hand, every blade of grass hashem is aware of and he knows about it no, nothing escapes hashem 's knowledge and attention, and somehow that blade of grass, and its life are coming from God. But in a certain way, he's less involved with it, and a Moloch is more involved with it, as part of this system of creation. And the reason for that is, going back to what we said before, the blade of grass doesn't send any messages up. You know, It's a detail in the universe, but it has no b'chira. So God does not need to, so to speak, pay attention to what that blade of grass is doing. And we have to be really careful with our language here because pay attention is one thing. Know every single detail about the grass, which Hashem does, is another thing, and He does. He is allowing a malach to pay attention to it because it has no bechira. And once you're in the realm of bechira, now, so to speak, Hashem pays attention. He responds to everything that we do. Everything. Not, with, not so with the blade of grass. Hashem
1: doesn't decree in that, that the blade's going to die. He just set up a nature that it will die
0: under certain conditions. Um, no, I, I think that he actually does yep. decree that. Yeah, But it's not a result of the tzidkus or the rishis <laughs> of the blade of grass. It's just a blade of grass. Thank you. That's a, hard, that's a hard point. Yes, Sandy, please. That means that our Bihira is not lined up with We can do an awful lot of damage. Yes. We're doing. We can. Sandy is saying, right, we, if, if our B'chira is not aligned with Ratzon Hashem, we can do a lot of damage in the world. All right, so just pick up a newspaper, right? <laughs> we can read about this every single day, or we can be a little more personal and take a look at our own lives and look at the damage that sometimes we cause because we have freedom of choice. So yeah, that's exactly right. And there are two sides to that. We can do a lot of damage. We can also do a tremendous amount of good. And they both come in the worlds At the same time, they're in balance. We also have the unique gift of tshuva, that even though we can do damage, we really have the ability to rectify the damage that we made. That's tshuva. And that's part of the system of reality as well. So we gotta be we have to be very vigilant. Yes, I'll come in, please. <clears throat> After hundred and twenty years and a healthy life, Sashamba. Does Shema go up that ladder?
1: Is that the ladder to
0: <clears throat> um, I don't know. I we we certainly say that it goes up to Shemayim, you know, that it, it leaves this world and goes upward to Shemayim and stands before our Kaddish Kadishboru. How it rises and how it goes up. I don't know the answer to that question. Does it somehow follow the order of the chain, or is that a different strand in the, in the chain when the chamei has to leave this world? I don't know. Yeah, please try to. The point of rest. Okay. I <laughs> have a very important character in this yeah. year, right? <laughs> <Where>? <laughs> Yeah. So like the storm, or, the, or it, I'm getting confused where. How yeah, it, it is hard to understand. So, again, there are two, two things happening, or actually more. and so everybody's getting so cold, I feel bad. But I'm not in charge of the room here, so I'm, almost, you know, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but you might be able to tell the office if it's getting too cold in here with this to switch the air. Okay. So. Um, That blade of grass, some, I'm not saying it right. On the one hand, everything that will happen in reality is seen by Hashem. When it doesn't pertain to human freedom of choice, then it's decreed by Hashem. So if that blade of grass needs to leave this world or die at such and such a time, and it's not related to human choice, it's outside of our choice, then that could have been decreed, decreed at my sub- Whatever pertains to human choice, now Hashem leaves that open. So that could happen or it could not happen. If the blade of grass is related to us, associated to us, it's in my yard or something like that, then... It could be there's no decree specifically, but Hashem is kiviyochol waiting for people to do what we do, and how we affect the natural world, and then the decree will follow. So if it does not, if it's not associated with b'chira, the decree is from on high, from a long time ago. Sheshusimay bereshis. It's part of the workings of the world. If it is associated with b'chira, there's not a decree as to which way that has to go. That's up to us. Does Hashem know which way it will go? Yes. But somehow, wondrously, that does not affect our freedom of choice. Are not. not. Right. Some parts of Teva would be because that's just how it has to be no matter what people choose. It's not connected with choice. And some parts have very much to do with our Bechira so it depends on what we do. And that's not the creed. Is, I mean, which which. All, all you can know for sure is that anything <laughs> that a yid interacts with, anything that we interact with, that there's bahira going on there. And somehow that's associated with us and we're choosing not only about ourselves <laughs> but the things that we are in contact with in the world. The things that we really don't know if we're affecting them or not, so maybe we are, maybe we're not. We don't know those things. Yes, please, Mrs. Felder. If the earth doesn't have free will. If what? If the earth doesn't have free will,
2: then why did they say that the earth was cursed? Is it a consequence of our behavior, or why should the earth
0: be cursed if we did something? Yes. What you said is correct. It's a consequence of human choice. So as, as Rashi writes, at the time of the Mabul, even the animals became immoral. An animal becomes immoral? Like they, don't, they don't have choice. That's because human behavior overflowed into animal life. That was a reflection of human beings. And the earth is also a reflection of human beings. That's the concept of the earth having to bear that responsibility but it's coming from us and it's affecting us because we live in this in this world yeah please sorry. so when you were about the trees mm-hmm. this tree belt, so you didn't. right between Sadiq and Russia, yeah. yeah. It's one of those difficult things to understand because that's also a, an act of hashgacha as well. It's not arbitrary, but the idea of the Tzadik being swept away, like Avram Avinu says to Hashem in this week's parsha, will you, ha'im tispeh Tzadik in Russia? will you, Hashem, do away with the Tzadik along with the Russia just because he happens to be there? Would you, would you do that? So there is something in, ha- in hashgacha where that will not happen, that a tzaddik will be saved, as we see many times, even in the midst of the Holocaust. This person is killed, this person stays alive, there's hashgacha on each individual. There's also an idea that when the malachamavet is let loose, that be careful, because even if you're not in the wrong place, so to speak.
1: But does that mean that, that does have
0: free choice? It doesn't have? No. No, no. it has a certain its, it's reign its range of operation is broader than it usually is it does not have free choice but it's given broader range and remember even in a situation where a it would perish there there's a, there's a bigger hashgacha involved in that also a bigger hashgacha even though so to speak according to What we call mishpat that shouldn't have happened, but there's a higher mishpat. So on one level of mishpat, he didn't deserve to die. On a higher level of mishpat, it was time for him to die. Yeah, please, Linda.
1: to basically, which is disturbing because I always thought of them as these grand spiritual beings that sit there singing praise to Hashem, and now in my vision, from what you're saying, they're basically pre-programmed artificial intelligence that were programmed to learn the world, and Hashem is controlling the programming, period. Like, they have no emotion, they, have, they don't tire, they don't, it's
0: like, I don't know why it's so disturbing, but it's so clear. It's just the big program. It's contemporary language, that's the problem. <laughs> It it strips everything of all of its richness and its vitality. It's just technical and it's not, it's really, it's the first thing that you said. The Malachim are glorious and holy, fiery beings. They are. And one level is that they have a job and they do their job. But if we were to see a Malach, you know, with our own eyes, we uh, we would be very frightened. It's not like looking at a computer. <laughs> no, a computer like, it would be an awesome uh, site. That yeah. kind of just no, that's, uh, I, I think that is te- it's, it's, that's language. Mm-hmm. That's, that's very technical Western language and it's getting in the way of the, the Lashon of, I'm going to say Torah, Chazal, okay. about what these beings are. So try yeah. and let go of the Western language and hold on to the Torah language. To yeah. yeah, and it does in a certain way about process. It does. But we shouldn't make that the picture or the image of the whole event. And I think we're taking away from its dimension, its depth, its beauty, its awesomeness, and all those words really apply. Yeah, please listen. I But really has the capability to do yes. Because he taught it to us. (laughs) We don't know why. Sure. He's kol kol yocho. Kol Yochel. He could do whatever he wants. Mm -hmm. He does. That's how he made the world and it's all part of the revelation of Hashem's oneness through a process of conquering Ra and revealing Tov. That's the process Hashem wanted. Could He have made another process? Yeah, He can do whatever He wants. This is the one He made, so we have to pay really serious attention to it. Because that means God decided to make the world in this way. That's very big. This is how He, in Hashem's infinite, eternal intelligence, this is what He decided to do. That's very meaningful. Because He could have done... A billion other things had he wanted to. But the why, we don't know. He doesn't need to. That's what he chose. Yes, please. Sometimes
1: events happen. Okay, let's say we're talking about the, this uh, mini-Ethafada in Israel. And we all had many, many hours of tea and and so on. So clearly Hashem is saying, no, I'm not changing the whatever, do we have the
0: power to change? We do, absolutely. And also, you know, who knows, my wife and I are talking about this morning, how many hashe- things Hashem prevented. What we're seeing is what did actually happen. Who knows how many things we were guarded from and protected. And also, I read yesterday, Baruch Hashem, the 13-year-old boy who was stabbed that he left the hospital. So, I mean, Hashem, thank God, and he's on his way to recovery, for Shalema. So, how, how much he is protecting us. And that's very associated with our tefillah. At the same time, we are hesitant about taking credit. And chastei uh, Hashem, that anytime he protects us and watches over us. But our tefillahs have koach, and they do have koach to change a decree. So if one of these decrees was issued on high that the Ramchal is talking about, part of the system is that the tefillahs of B'nai Yisroel can override a decree, so just like that higher Malach overrides another Malach, we can override the higher Malach. The the of yid goes all the way up that ladder, and can change or cancel or give a bracha. Yeah, please, Mrs. Diskin, got it. did you have a comment? That sure, no problem. Okay, no problem. Okay, I think. That, did you have a, your hand up everything. No, go ahead. We, we made the circle, we're back to you. <laughs> well, I have
2: two questions. One is on the comment was just made, that, well, it's true, we, we don't know why, but it, it's, I feel I derive from knowing that, that if the reason is for us to have a relationship with the Kaddish Baruch, with the whole Bria, and he could have done it any way, for sure, and I don't know that it matters to us, we just have to deal with the way he did do it, and that knowing all these things or just knowing ultimately everything comes from God helps develop a, a, a richer or deeper relationship for us to have with him because on the one hand, he is very close and everything comes down to him. On the other side, he's very awesome and there's a system and we have to respect that and that makes mm-hmm. him very far away mm-hmm. and we have to know that he is very far okay. away from us and uh... he's very close to us at the same time. And the question I have from before, when you were saying there are things that are just naturally decreed, that seems to me like saying like there's like a parts of the world where the grass will just grow a certain way always, no matter what we do. Which seems to say there are parts of the world that are not affected by the no matter what, no matter who. And that, when I think about it, you know, we said about Tzaddiki, and they saw from one end of the world to the other, seems to indicate to me that they had the ability to, through their b'chira, affect every part of the world, which would seem to say then that really everything is held in abeyance, and just waiting for the b'chira that's going to dictate what's going to happen for that blade of grass in that part of the world. Unless you're saying, no, it's limited. Even by the greatest Sadiqim, it's limited their b'chira, and there are places where it will have nothing to do with anyone's b'chira, what will happen. Naturally
0: in that place. I made a specific application of it as an example, but it may not be the case. My, the principle is that not everything rides on Bechira. Certain things are riding on Hashem's decree that it will be and it will happen and it's not about us and our choice. Hashem said this needs to happen and it will happen. It could be Grass, or it could not be grass. Maybe every single blade of grass is affected by our Bekhira. I don't know. But there is an idea that there are facets of the universe that are not connected to our Bekhira. Whatever they may be. Whatever they may be. Yes, please, Mr. Schumann. I just wanted to comment on, on
2: the value of our Tafila. Yes. I think that um, I've read that when um, we got 460, We do special mitzvot in their zechus, so it makes us better people, and that is a zechus for the person. Even even if the person mm-hmm. is nifter, it, it it goes along with him. Sometimes it it is um, the purpose. The purpose is to give him a rafula, but it's it's because we are working on ourselves in you know in order for that person to, to be better and.
0: That's a nice insight, right? That we, by bettering ourselves for the sake of another, that that is the in the zechus of that person. Our own personal growth that becomes part of their zechus. That's a very nice thought. Okay, we're out of time. It even passed. So I guess that the the decree was we could go five minutes over, but not ten. <laughs> Have a great week, everybody. Thank you. Well, to see you if you want if you want to take the sheer home please bring it back and if not please just put it back on the back table.